ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ the last few months it seems that twitter team has been up to a lot of shit so lots of curses so here are some uh, allegations the paichara jeeps the sikhs who believe that sikhi is only there for paichara we can't do any prachar we can't convert others to sikhi basically we are only good for giving out langar they believe we are uh, rss agents the others because there was a post made based on the works of uh, sangat singh and others that pakistan betrayed the khalistan movement they think we are agencia and mm-hmm. now the natan crew think that we are jihadis because we are talking about converting other people to sikhi interesting so out of all these three groups who can give us maximum funding <laughs> and the davagandist the muslim preachers there's the fundamentalists who we usually clash with anyway they believe we are uh, hindu agencies you know when you go applying for a job they don't give you options yeah they definitely don't give you options and i mean our resume would look pretty damn good for anyone who's actually working with these agencies you know one thing i'm always thinking is how the hell do they know what like how someone belongs to an agency or something is it like they got experience or are they agencies themselves interesting question ask somebody uh if they're on a blacklist i say how do you know you're on blacklist yep a simple question how do you know <laughs> how do you what will a crow lands on your window a black crow <laughs> lands on your window and knocks on your door and tells you in fluent punjabi oh tera kam ho gaya tenu paata hai suchi vich anyhow moving on so today's agenda is going to be pretty uh pretty interesting because see you and i we both know that in punjab there are people who converted for economic benefits to sikhi and now that the sikhs have a political situation going on in the punjab these people are converting out of sikhi to christianity uh i think it's true for many religions or and almost all religions because i mean you are someone who daily has interaction with punjabis you do go to the punjab as well for your business needs so is it true that christianity is growing at a pandemic or a epidemic rate or is this something that's been significantly overblown against sikhs and hindus well uh, their numbers are growing no doubt about it right and is it true that it's sikhs who are converting or is it some other strata of society there's a family in my own village that I've seen growing up they go to mandars they go to gurdwara and sometimes they upload pictures of uh, some peer baba on on their facebook yep on on paper they use singh and gore as the last name right so if if they, if they tomorrow they go to a sant baba and they also go to that uh, radha uh, swami india and nothing yeah yep so any anywhere where they will develop a sense of belonging or they or they feel that people welcome them they'll go there 
Right. So, what's and of course, this... uh, if, if you're getting money in some sort of promises, of course, there, there's an incentive. Oh, yep. Genuinely, I mean, Gyani Gurmeet Singh Gaurav, who will be coming soon to our uh, podcast, he's actually, uh, you know, converted. Maybe we are talking about 40,000 jats from 1985 onwards to Sikhi. Basically, he was telling me that in India, no one really understands the Christian dynamic. Like, I mean, like we will discuss now, God and Christianity did not intend death, but death came due to the sin of man. But God or his son, depending on how confused the Christians are themselves, had to non-intended death to undo it. And apparently, that's going to help us believe in them so we can come back after dying and still wipe our asses after shitting every damn day. You know what's really, really interesting? I'm actually going to attend a wedding, a Christian wedding. Yep. Uh, in, in the coming few weeks. Yep. And uh, so they're very excited. And... Uh, in the process of inviting me to attend this this girl's wedding, yep. she actually tried to proselytize. Yep. It just was just a wedding invitation from a, a business partner, let's say. Yep. But in the in inviting me, she's actually proselytizing. Okay, and what she's saying. Uh, we do like you seeks to in your gurdwara the wedding ceremony. Yeah, we do it in church. We do this and do this. And then we confess our faith in our Lord, in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are like Pentecostals. Yep. And uh, that, that, yeah, the, the whole thing. And I say uh, all the signs are there. He is coming back. See, when they say Savior, what is he exactly saving them from? The hellfire, he will throw you in if you don't believe what he says. <laughs> so, so it's like a mafia deal, isn't it? If you believe in him, you're saved. If you don't believe in him, then he's just going to stuff you up even worse than you will get stuffed up anyhow. Like, am I right? Well, you can actually pay off the mafia and they'll stay away for, let's say, maybe a few years or something. But in this case, no. Hellfire is eternal. And see, when I picked up, like, I got, like, one of the readers, like, one of the listeners actually sent out a book. They also read our Substack, and it's called The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. I had a bit of apprehension before picking up that book. I was like, okay, this guy is an atheist, and I'll be having this mental debate with him. However, I was pleasantly surprised when I picked up the book because he doesn't have anything to say against religions like Sikhi. He basically confesses at the outright that his problem is with the Abrahamic faiths and even Hinduism. Now, funnily enough, you know, Dawkins calls Christianity a mental disease. He does that to Islam and Judaism, but I mean, you know, Dawkins is one of, one of the number one targets of the uh, UK jihadis, right? The UK Muslim fundamentalists, because. <laughs> He's left no stone unturned in spreading atheism among their children, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to Christians, though, he's, you know, even more ethnic, more pointed in his criticism. And uh, he's got these 
two lines which they have never been able to argue against or even answer. Now, I'm not saying that Deke should take Dawkins' position because, you know, initially Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris started off pretty good, right? Until they took this position from evolutionary psychology that there is no free will and evolutionary psychology could prove it. But as, you know, Kenneth D. Miller, he's actually written this great book called The Human Instinct, as he argues, well, you know, because Miller is a biologist himself. He's actually a, quite a profound academic who's focus, focusing on evolution and how, you know, our consciousness and conscientious, you know, states relate to that and he believes in free will well basically he's saying that the problem with dawkins and sam harris is that if they are actually you know scientists which they are but if they want to prove that free will does not exist they have to somehow you know mimic the creation of life like get all these lifeless atoms molecules cause these chemical reactions produce life and then tell us that you know even if there is no free will how can all these dead, you know, atoms and molecules come together and produce life, right? And if they're able to do that, they should be able to explicitly substantiate whether there is free will or not, but they're not able to. However, their criticism of religion, I feel, is quite valid. Now, Dawkins asks this question, and this is the same question which Ridwan, uh, apostate prophet, asks Muslims, and they always abuse him and, you know, kick him out of their groups. And basically, this first question is, is God all-knowing, right? So I'll put it to you. Is God all-knowing in Christianity? I think he, he, he it is. Yep. All-powerful? Yep. <laughs> Right? So all-knowing, all-powerful. If that God created hell before creating mankind, then that means this all-knowing God knew man was going to be imperfect, and he still created man imperfect. So that means that even if man has free will, all of man's crimes and transgressions are actually not his fault. They all impurn God himself because God is the one who gave man that capability for crime. And as a get-out-of-jail-free card, he created hell anyway to look good, right? Well, you just had to say some magic words and uh, you'll be back in the game again. Right. Now, if God created hell after creating man, then God knew man was going to be imperfect, but God still made man imperfect. So either way, whatever argument you actually take, God emerges as a sinner in the Abrahamic faith, at least, at least in Christianity, right? Right, so God is the main culprit. Now, the second one, and this is the favorite one, because um, John Dawkins, like, you know, if heaven is real and paradise is real, why would you not want to go there after you die? And Dawkins fired back, well, if heaven and paradise you know, logically, they equal the eraser of all evil. There is no evil in these places or the capability for evil, right? Mm -hmm. How come you would want to go to those places where you have no free will then? Hmm. You know, think about it. You won't have free will in those places because you won't have two alternatives to choose between anyway. 
I won't be in any position to do so. Yep. So there you go. So I mean, this all started from a troll named Shahi1987, one of those, you know, Punjabi trolls who end up converting to Christianity. And they have these fake stories. Um, apparently, it's auntie got an abortion 25 times from her Sikh husband or whatever. And that troll was running around on all the Sikh uh, subreddits trying to convert them to Christianity. And uh, I had a massive argument with it. Same thing about, you know, death, dying. God didn't make death, but death still exists. And I mean, just running around trying to make it out that, uh, you know, your faith has no conception of a life after death. Well, why would you want this, you know, frail physicality after you die? Why okay, why is he even putting this precondition up? That's the interesting point because, you know, the impression I got, and this is something you need to consider down here, is that, you know, Sikhi converted, like when Sikhs were still converting others, we converted quite a whole bunch of people to our faith, you know, bad, mean people, etc. These Abrahamic faiths, you know, particularly Christianity, because Machiavelli had this uh, criticism of Christianity, which was that at the end of the day, Christian theology says love everyone, but that will be the fall of the West. And we can say that's how the West is falling at the moment. This love everyone has allowed them to put in a whole horde of third world immigrants who are destroying their countries, right? Oh, yep, but don't say it too loud. It's a crime. Well, I mean, quality immigration is a thing of the past. And amazingly enough, like, if you look at it from a very profound perspective down here, Machiavelli proved right at the end of the day. Because, I mean, coming to look at it from Shahi 1987's entire perspective down here, this belief in life after death, etc., you can see that brainwashing down there is quite deep because really at the end of the day why aren't they dying and then coming back to life to prove to us that what their bible says is particularly right god walked in mysterious ways all your arguments are invalid see and that's that's quite an amazing aspect of that is that you know god is merciful god works in mysterious ways and then you ask them well what happened in egypt why did god kill all the firstborn of the egyptians and their argument is that, oh, well, they went to, uh, all those babies went to heaven straight away. And what's the idea for getting into heaven? Oh, well, you know, maybe, or, uh, <laughs> and even here's a new one. People who don't know about Christianity, they are still torn over whether they go to heaven or not. Because apparently one of their saints, Augustine, he was the one arguing that those babies went to hell. Now they're trying to sort of uh, present a much more liberal image and say they did not go to hell. So where exactly they stand on these issues, that internal aspect of Christianity is destroying itself. They have no uh, you know, static stance on any of these issues if they're so perfect in the first place. Now, why people are converting to this cult in Punjab is basically because of financial reasons, right? Uh, financial is a part of it. Then the larger part is that uh, people always want to try something new. Right. And you can see the whole aspect of this. Like one of these videos I was watching, one of these preachers was trying to have a go at Tadriyawala. Not that we support Tadriyawala anyway, but he was saying the Bible says this, the Bible says that, the Bible says this. Well, where is your evidence 
besides the Bible? A simple question to ask those people is, why do you expect us to work within your frame? Hmm, exactly. Why should right. we? Yeah, it's a simple. This is the game I designed. You have to defeat me with the rules I set up for myself to win. It's not possible. De definitely not. Definitely not. And when you are... Uh, I mean, these are supposed to be the five fundamental flaws in their faith. And all power, all loving God should not demand to be worshipped. Make sense? Well, that's, I think this simple argument is good enough. Right. The very do you, concept do you, of... Do you, if you, if you are merciful, if you have a clean heart, or if you if you are all benevolent and everything, do you really want to be worshipped? Nope, and definitely not in the sense they're doing that we believe in you. Do so, you want your children to worship you? Nope, I mean definitely not in the sense they do that we believe in you, and now you gotta you know give us a get out of jail free card at least. Man, the South Park episode, or was it? Uh... Peter Griffin, that you uh, know, the American Navy SEALs they raid uh, Osama bin Laden's uh, hideout in Abbottabad, Pakistan, and just about when he's about to get shot, he accepts Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and enters heaven. Yeah, Family Guy. A oh, Family Guy, yeah, Peter Griffin. Yeah, Peter Griffin. So, second <laughs> one, <laughs> you can do whatever you want, absolutely whatever you want. You can be the worst of the worst human to ever live, and. Just say a few magic words and you're done, man. Clean slate. You know, the interesting thing is that where I work, I have a lot of laborers under me and they're Catholics. And we brought this uh, vending machine for drinks. Not condoms, drinks. Well, Catholics are going to support that. <laughs> and um, what actually happens is that they figured out a way to actually... So you put a coin in and you shake the machine and... If you're buying something for $2.50, that's one item. The machine, because you're shaking it, throws out four more because its internal mecha mechanics have been shaken quite roughly. Mm -hmm. So they were doing this, and I asked them one day, I was like, well, you guys are always going on about believing in God and going to church, so what exactly is this? And they're like, well, you know, when we go to church, we confess that this is what we are doing, and we get a get-out-of-jail-free card for the next seven days. Ah, so you don't ask God for a bike. You steal a bike and ask for forgiveness. Pretty much, pretty much. And this is so this is where Dawkins, Dennett, and, uh, you know, Harris come in again. The very concept of heaven and hell make a mockery of the idea of free will. Hmm. Right? If you presented a man with an apple and an orange and said you'll give him a million dollars if he picks the apple and you'll kill him if he picks the orange, do you think there's any real doubt what he will do? No. Well, there you go. So, you know, in Sikhi, Waheguru does not need us, right? That's not what my Babaji tells me. Can I say stop your Babaji? <laughs> No, Babaji with a R circle on it, registered TM trademark. <laughs> well, I mean, see, in Sikhi, we have Hukam, which is reality, which is God's will, and we need to learn to confirm to that. 
rather than, you know, see, here's the thing. Before Guru Nanak, religion made life God-centric, right? You had to worship God. You had to do this. You had to do that all in the name of God. Guru Nanak made God's life-centric that to be able to get closer to God, you have to live your life in a certain disciplined way, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to the concept of heaven and hell, see, this is what happens. Heaven is when we do good, when we enjoy life, right? Hell is when we do something negative. It all depends on perception. Because if you really look at it, by money, saying, and our shahids, when they're being tortured, they are actually in heaven. They're actually in bliss. We might not be. It all depends on perspective. But the whole irony of the heaven and hell quandary, like Dawkins pointed out, is at the end of the day, the biggest culprit for all of humanity's transgressions is God himself. Because everything originates from the God, right? Yep, ultimately that entity is responsible. Then we come to the third one. The Old Testament God is the last thing to represent perfect love and justice. Now, see, in all the debates I've had with Punjabi Christians, I mean, they haven't read the Bible properly. They have never read the Bible properly, and they've only read portions. If you point out to them that the God of the Old Testament is basically very, uh, you know, very contradictory. Well, he's not really contradictory to the New Testament, but he's actually pretty damn contradictory to the very concept of a God. They just get angry and stalk away. But really, the reality is, if you look at that God of the Old Testament, you can see that Muhammad plagiarized the same God in the Quran. It's almost the same, yeah. I think it's uh, primarily from the Jewish text, Talmud. Pretty much. And you look at it, I mean, if you look at the whole Passover thing, right, the whole killing, you know, the firstborns in Egypt, like, how can they still claim God is merciful? Well, because they're, they're on the winning side. Obviously, but the Jews are on the winning side, not these guys. These guys were actually massacring the Jews for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's all God's will. As I told you, God works in mysterious ways. I mean, it's, and then they say it's the Pharaoh. They say it's the Pharaoh. So this troll, Shahi 1987, do you know what this troll actually said to me on Reddit? Tell me. Oh, well, why aren't you looking at what the Pharaoh did to the Jews? Well, hey, wait a minute. Your God is, your God is supposed to be kind. Your God is supposed to be God. Why is he letting a little, you know, like, you know, almost a puny, unimportant figure like the Pharaoh in, you know, when compared to him, actually rile him up and compel him to do all this evil. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little story, yeah? Here we go, yeah. When having a conversation with a Christian about religion, yep. this guy was talking as if all those religious leaders, all those historical Christian figures were his yep. relatives. Yep. He was born in India. He was living in India. His family never left India. Yep. But he, through his demeanor, the way he was talking, he was using the word our for Israel. Okay. The way he was talking, he made me feel that, that he belonged to that place, not to India. 
Right. So this this sense of belonging is something that is powerful. There's no denying. You can't deny that. Yep. They feel they have a connection to all those achievements of Europeans that they pass off as Christian achievements. And this was exactly what the shy troll was trying to do. It was, you know, like you say, this sense of belonging. Hmm. <clears throat> See, the reality behind the sense of belonging is that these trolls who are actually converting to, you know, Christianity, these people who are actually going there, they're being lured with all these fake myths. Now, those same myths we have been answering for years here in the West, so we know that that's the same myths in Punjab. Only problem is people down there are not educated enough to see behind the facade of what is going on. If it wasn't for the Renaissance, Europe would still be in the Dark Ages where Christianity ruled the roost, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say that, yeah. Right. So now this entire thing, these entire murders, these killings, etc., etc., it's nothing but a joke. It's It's nothing but a joke on their side. Because really what they're trying to say is that, you know, that person was evil. That's why God became even more evil. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to look at this. This is God we are talking about, right? So if you're saying other religions are imperfect, well, bloody hell, look at your own God. Bro, if other religions are imperfect, why did your God allow them to exist in the first place? Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. And it's amazing. All these atheists who started breaking away from Christianity in the 60s, 70s. I mean, the 60s was the time when everyone decided in the West, you know, what, fuck Christianity. We're not going to be Christians. Now, what's happened is that these guys, especially American evangelists, they're running around. They went to Africa. In Africa, they have caused a lot of disasters. And now they have, you know, ISIS terrorism on that continent. They have, you know, African um, revival going on. So these guys actually fled from there to India. Punjab and you know our people say by Jarah number one, Langar number one, Guru Nanak will be disappointed people, the first Sikhs fell from the sky, you know one day the sky is going to open and Chiang Mekrod Khalsa is going to fall down and our population will increase, we don't need to convert people at all, I mean fuck anyone who's actually trying to convert people to Sikhi because they're basically a Jansiya de Bande <laughs> and, and, and Mardana and, remained uh, Muslim yeah, and that lie as well, and you know the lie of Sai Miami laying the foundation stone of the Barzad, all these lies coming in together, why guru, why guru. Now, the biggest thing is that these missionaries know at the end of the day that at the moment the SGPC is not interested in preaching Sikhi, even to Sikhs themselves. Mm, no. Right? And what mm. happened recently is, you know, it's a Vaisakhi, and we have a preacher over from India in the local Gurdwara. And this preacher on the first day had maybe a few hundred people come in. Everyone was interested in listening to him. But when they learned his Gap Kahaniya, this is what actually happened. Nam Japo, Nam this, Nam that. He kept on doing that for an hour. And at the end, a teenager asked him a question. And you know what the question was? Sorry. What is Nam? And this guy was not able to tell him. <laughs> Not used to questioning, are we? No, no. And now what happened is that, you know, one day in the evening, I was going out for a walk. It gets dark pretty quickly due to the winters. So I had the dog with me and I met this kid. 
Punjabi kid, 11 years old, and he was outside his house and his parents came out of the house and they said, well, you know that he doesn't like to go to the Gurdwara. We are fed up with his attitude. And they have tried beating him. They have tried <laughs> dragging him. They have tried every damn thing on the face of the planet. And this kid is saying that he's an atheist, which is quite surprising because, you know, our Gurdwara is surrounded by four churches, one mosque and one Hindu temple. Anyhow, I asked this kid, well, why? You know, I decided, you know, we need to be their friends and ask them why. And he said, well, Vaheguruji is boring. And I asked why. And he said, the Pais, they're just doing the Kirtan for the money. The translations on the screen make jack shit sense to me. And at the end of the day, if you ask them a question like, what is Nam? They don't know what the hell they're even talking about themselves. And that actually got me thinking that our system needs to be changed from the bottom up. We are always talking about changing it from the top down. In the military and business, they have this concept called business process engineering, right? You change mm -hmm. everything from the top down. If you change everything from the top down, it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of money, takes a lot of investment. You don't know if you're going to be successful or not. Then there is BPI, business process improvement. You start changing things from the bottom up. That will force the bottom to get in line with you and you don't have any extra investments to make and it always pays off. So we need to alter our Gurdwaras from the bottom up. Now, those Christian missionaries know what's happening in our Gurdwaras. They know it very well. Our biggest mistake is to let these people come into the Gurdwara for the first time to do community greets and meets when we know very well that these people are only stalking at the area for conversions. Now, well, when, when the agenda is very clear, so you, you need to filter them out and say, well, we know what you want to do, so why would you give you an, an opportunity? Right. So long time ago, there was a family here and they were uh, Hindus and we helped them financially and they had Christians helping them. And those Christians were always trying to convert them that my God sent me to help you. My this, my God does not do that. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that Christian family is now on the streets and the Hindus who didn't believe in their God are now pretty rich down here. And the issue is not one of believing in God and God answers your prayers because that's their main lure. See, so their strategy is come and find the weak ones, the poor ones, offer them money. It's usually 50,000 rupees in India per convert. <laughs> And they will try getting you into their schools and they'll try uh, telling you they will get you to the West. That's not something God is doing. Right? If that was something that God was doing, why wouldn't that God act like he communicated with Job? Bro, the God kills Job's family for a joke. And that's also another one which is quite funny that whole, you know, job thing what are you trying to say that you know god made everything good by giving him back your new family and kids yeah, what about your wife and kids who just got murdered for no reason it's just amazing and that too for a bet with the devil yeah how can devil exist if god is all powerful it's just you know when you look at these religions I mean, you're forced to agree with Dawkins that these are nothing less than a mental disease. I'll say that much. They are excellent 
at keeping people in check. Hmm. Help. If you're a ruler, no, if, if you are a ruler, let's say. Right. I'm talking about the tyranny, uh, the, the tyranny of collaboration between the church and the state. Right. As a king, you can't keep people in charge because of, as a king, you can't tell them there's a force even bigger than me. Yep. People, people will largely not believe you. But if you, are, if you have a priest on your side, the priest might tell you, because the system of religion is already running, this is just a new king. He's here today, he won't be here tomorrow, there'll be another one. Same thing with, the, with that other king, and the priest will die, and new one will take his place. So there is okay. a God, and he has put this king in charge, and it's your religious duty to follow what the, the what the king commands. The king might make a lot of donations. The king might bow down in the church, in the temple, in the gurdwara, whatever. And mm. both both these people, the priest and the king, they keep each other happy. Okay, so this is my take on the story of Job. So now, you know, like, okay, this is how a friend actually once put it to me. So the interesting thing about this is that Satan isn't tempting Job. He's actually tempting God. And God goes for it like a drunken sailor in a whorehouse. This is how my friend put it to me once. And He's in wrong. <laughs> and next question himself. So, you know, before we get to the last point of this episode is that, you know, what, like, my friend is ex-Christian. He spent 20 years as a Christian priest and he decided one day, you know what, fuck it, I'm not doing this shit anymore. And the thing is, this is what he asks, what happened to all that rubbish about how righteous are Thai judgments or my Lord? Hmm. Right? When we have in Gurbani, Tera Kiya Mita Lage and all the Pai Charajits are trying to compare it, Tera Kiya Mita Lage does not really mean the same. What it means is that Vaheguru, you have created this reality and I interact with this reality. Whatever you have created, I find sweet. Not that Vaheguru, you're going around destroying my life and I find that sweet. Then how can Vaheguru be benevolent? Have you okay. ever... Have you ever thought that Waiguru might be like, you know, this uh, god who goes for it like a drunken sailor in a whorehouse tire? Like he might decide, okay, so these guys love me. I'm just going to, you know, kill their families and see if I win this bet or not. I'll tell you another story. Here we go again. Yay, story time. This story is full of sh Sharda. This story is full of devotion. And this story is full of miracles. Right. In the 19, November 1984 genocides against our people, there was a Gurdwara in New Delhi where the writers wanted to invade the Gurdwara and murder everybody inside. Well, no, sorry, not the writers, the people, they, the mob wanted to invade the Gurdwara and murder everybody inside. But some of them saw Nehang sitting on the, on the roof of the Gurdwara, on the walls of the Gurdwara, and they couldn't enter. They tried three times, yeah? So all the people yeah. in the Gurdwara were saved, and that's that's the, the power of Vaiguru. Can I can I yeah. just ask you one question? Can I just ask you one question? Go on. Why wasn't Vaiguru at all the other Gurdwaras and all the other places? Exactly my question. So okay, if let's say these three hundred or four people, four hundred people were saved, 
for the other 30,000. These Shaheed Singhs couldn't save them. Are the Shaheed Singh tied to a Gurdwara? They can't go out. And mm -hmm. I said, no, 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 no. You are a sinner. You are doubting. Sikhi needs to be, Sikhs need to be aware of, aware of people like you who will destroy Sikhi from the inside. And mm -hmm. I was like, but these 30,000 people were murdered. What about them? Well, it's Can exactly like what if, if, exactly if, like, I, yep. if I end up in a car accident, my legs are broken, I'm bleeding, I have internal bleedings, my ribcage shattered, and the doctor goes there and gives me a couple of stitches and a little cut I have on my elbow. What does he mm. think you? Mm. See, well, my entire body's done. I'm probably going to be dead in a few hours. And you just give me a, a stitch, like on a couple of inches of my a little cut, and say, yeah, that's good enough. I mean, see, it's exactly like what Muslims were doing when the Turkey quake happened is that, you know, there was that baby they found in the <laughs> rubble and they're saying that Allah saved this baby because he was in the position of Namaj. And they're like, well, what about all the, you know, thousand others who got wiped out? What are you going to say about them? Man. The more you talk to these people and they are so convinced in their beliefs. They want you to believe the same. They said there's no point in arguing with them. They can't be saved, which I'm ironically using one of their terms. You can't be saved. And that's exactly the same thing in Christianity. They can't, they believe they're being saved, but they aren't being saved because, you know, heaven, hell, paradise, as they talk about it, doesn't exist in our place. Jedi idiots don't know what they're talking about when they're trying to make solidarity with these people. If Educated Sikhs like the Sangh Sabha take a stand against Christianity. Watch it get wiped out of Punjab in three years because that's what happened with the Sangh Sabha. It only took them three years to undo over 20 years of Christian work in Punjab. Well, you just need to maybe ask a few simple questions. But today, you, it, it, you can't really do that because there's way too much victimhood and there are laws in place supporting these alleged victims. And you are guilty until proven innocent, so there's that. Well, we have to do something to get back, you know, get our people back at least and stop this pestilence from increasing. So getting back to the story of Job, so according to my friend, Satan told God, hey, man, he's just a mercenary. He only obeys you and praises you all the time because you take such good care of him. I bet you 10,000 divine favors that if you started being a ruthless, cold-hearted, unfair, capricious, and just plain sadistic ass chat to him, he would tell you to get screwed. And God is like, well, you know what? You're damn right. He serves me well because I'm like, you know, his bouncer. So he praises me because I take such good care of him. So I'm a good God, righteous and just, and he has put his trust in it, in me. So far be it from me to betray him just to see if he will still worship me. So I'll do what you say and let's see what happens. And then while Satan is baiting God with the prospect of receiving unearned worship and adulation, see, God is getting all these ego strokes. Okay, uh, I'll tell you this thing. See, God, like, just one more thing. God mm -hmm. wanted to throw all of his morality to the winds and still be worshipped as a perfect and just God. Yep, yep. Seems to be that way. Mm. So, so, 
somewhere in Mongolia, a little kid was born. Yeah. And he was just trying to greatness, yeah? Yep. And we all know, even scientists speculate that uh, Genghis Khan killed so many people that it actually caused climate change. Yep. Because all those lands were destroyed and actually forests grew back and uh, caused the climate change, yeah? Mini climate yep. change, let's say. Yep. The, the year is 11, uh, 1258. Yep. So Genghis Khan descendants are at the gates of Baghdad, yeah? Yep. And uh, they ended the golden age of Islam there, over there. Because yep. yep. they destroyed the, destroyed the caliphate, I think. Yep. Khwarezmian Empire or something like that. I can't really pronounce it. Yep. So they, they, they said the casualties were like from 800,000 to 2 million civilians to begin with. And the army, that's separate, yeah? Right. Do you know how the Christians were saved? No. Hulagu had a Christian wife. Right. God didn't do anything. Yep. But his uh, Neo-Austrian or Eastern Christian wife, Dokus Katu, right. she said that oh, I'm a Christian. These are my people. Spare them. They are Christians. They are not in charge. Anyhow, it's a caliphate. They're infidels. Well, not exactly infidels, but non-Muslims. Uh, so they are Ahl al-Kitab, people of the book, still permitted. So they are not in charge. They are, no, don't, don't kill them. Well. Fair enough, my wife requests her people to be saved, so I'll save them, yeah? It took such a murderous Sin. human being to save Christians, not God. Mm, mm, mm. So there's there's really no morality they can you know, claim on that. And that, uh, that's exactly when it comes to the point is like, okay, so there are two trees in the Garden of Eden, the uh, tree of life and the tree of, uh, you know, knowledge, which Adam consumes the fruit from. So if God knew that Adam was so imperfect, why did he make, you know, Adam so imperfect? And the second thing is at the end of the day that why the tree of life if God never intended for them to consume the tree of knowledge sounds like history's biggest setup. Do you know uh, there's a TV program in India called Big Boss? Yeah, yeah. That atrocity. <laughs> that atrocity has been going on for a long, long time. Do they, do they still have Salman Khan running around on there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, so, I just so believe way... it's a waste of his career. <laughs> yeah, so the way I say it, that uh, God is Big Boss. Yep. And uh, Salman Khan is God's prophet. Yep. And all those people living in Big Boss's house are like normal people. Yep. So Salman Khan, the prophet, mediates between God and those people. Yep. And God wants them to do certain tasks, do this and that. Don't do yep. this and that. And ultimately, they vote each other out. Who's, who's got, who's the best? And the winner is the guy who gets the money and that's heaven for him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So especially for our Indian listeners, if you watch Big Boss, just assume Big Boss is God. Yep. Who's Jesus in this mix? The prophet. <laughs> the last man standing. No, but uh, there's no Jesus here because uh, Jesus, Jesus died and uh, nobody dies here. Hmm. So, but but we could say that if somebody's career dies, then 
the <laughs> Big Boss arrives at career. That's a reincarnation, <laughs> isn't it? Well, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> consider some of these things this way. You know, the biggest thing they present to people is that, you know, you'll come back after death. Now, the weak people, the people who have wasted their lives so far, who didn't know better, or basically people who are too scared to actually take that step to improve their life, they look for those little chances. So if you go and tell them if your life is fucked up at the moment, you don't need to uh, take any prudent steps to improve it. All you have to do is just die for the next life. Those people are literally going to jump to get that second chance, aren't they? Okay. There's a setup like this. You're in a school, yeah? Yeah. Let's say you are a 15-year-old school kid. Okay, and, that's uh, pushing it, right? Well, uh, if, you, if, you're, if, we, if we are assuming things, you can assume anything. Mm, yep. Just run the horses of your imagination. So you right. are seriously thinking about a future career. Yeah. A career counselor comes in. Okay. And uh, that counselor gives you grand dreams. If you go into this field, you can do this. If you go into this field, you can do that. You know? Probably like he gives you like 10 career choices here. Yeah? Yep. But there's a condition. Right. You cannot ever, ever see, interact or even hear of people who had succeeded in that career, who was who are living the life this career counselor is is promising you. Right. What would you think? Well, I would say it's a pretty shit deal. Wouldn't you just quietly back out? Well, I mean, if I can with my dignity intact, I'll definitely back out because it sounds like a cult, doesn't it? If there is, let's say, so-called heaven and hell, then there should be examples in front of me that if you live your life this way, or maybe you can live your life any way you see, you see fit and at the end of your life or when you know time's up, just accept this guy as your Lord and Savior, you get into heaven. But what am I getting into? There should be an example for me to see. Well, basically, that's the thing. That's the thing down here. I mean, if you look at the history, and that's what our martyrs asked, can your faith stop me from dying? No. Well, I'll just stick to my one. You know, and that's the fundamental difference here. We believe death this is question, a Yep. Yeah, this question is really, really powerful. Why do I need to die to, in the first place? Because your, right, God, your God set up this system. It's your God's fault that I have to die. Why can't I... When, uh, when, uh, when somebody passes away, why can't I see them just ascending into the sky and then he waves back into me, hey, yeah, I'm going to heaven, see you there? Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a powerful question and you have to think about it this way, is that we in Sikhi believe God created death because what else do you have? What other fundamental evidence do you have that he didn't? Does it make sense to you that God never wanted to create death, but Adam went and stuffed up his life and suddenly death comes into being and now it affects all of us and this God needs to die or is do death, which he never even made in the first place? Shouldn't we be worshipping death then? Well, that seems to be more powerful. Right? 
and the thing is that in Turkey, we believe death is beautiful because without death, how would you live your best life? That would be boring, bro. Absolutely boring. And let's say if, if, if human lifespan, let's say, was a thousand years instead of the realistic hundred we have today. Yep. Wouldn't you take a 50 year, 50 year nap? You're right. Yeah. I will suddenly wake up. Oh, the, this career I have chosen doesn't sound to be too promising today. I'll try again in 50 years. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably go to Antarctica and bury myself under the snow and ice. Right. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll definitely do that. See, this is what Guru Nanak, this is what Guru Granth Sahib actually says. Urab janam ke lekh na mitiye, janam mren ka kao dost da tare. Why, you know, you can't face the consequences of what you do in life. What use is it then to blame life and death like Christians are doing? Really, what use is it? You are the one who stuff up. So why are you running after life and death in the first place? Right? Bengur bed jivan or marn bengur sabde janam jare. You know, you burn while alive. You burn in the hell of your own making while alive. Right? So why are you running around trying to say death is uh, bad or that we can get a second chance after death? We get no second chances after death. We have to make the most of what we have. And this is what makes this life so beautiful. And that's why if you look at it, the people who built the West literally rejected Christianity, didn't they? They did. Right? They literally rejected Christianity. And, you know, Christianity emerged as a spectacular force for uniting the Roman Empire. But really, even that didn't succeed for too long because of this emphasis on being pacifists and unarmed. Well, the Romans had a pretty good game going on. But, uh, yeah, they got destroyed mm-hmm. by multiple reasons. That's still debated today. That's right. That's exactly right. You look at it, so when they come around saying that, you know, death is nothing, God never created death, death is evil, well, then you need to ask them, well, why can't your God stop us from dying even once? You know, why do we have to die even once? I mean, in Punjab, people are converting, majority of the people who are converting, I mean, you would agree we're never loyal to Sikhi in the first place, especially the lower caste ones, they did it out of opportunity. It always was this way. It always was this way. And that's my observation. Right. Someone might actually say, well, hey, wait a second, um, you're being casteist. Well, no, this is the reality. Those who are actually loyal will stay. Those who aren't will convert out. Second how, how thing, can observation be in any form of offensive? It's an observation. I'm observing you. Right. And the second thing is, and this is the really funny one I find, is that people don't know enough about Sikh theology. It's never preached to them. They just know certain things they need to do and that's it pretty much and you know for most people we had our fake babas doing miracles and now these guys have come along to start doing miracles well as you can see their miracles are bigger and better bigger and better in the sense they're more commercialized but if you look at it closely they're like you know if our lobster uh competing with them (laughs) 
it will be amazing to see how far they both of them fall. I think this thing has already happened with our, I would say, preachers because they needed a new market. Yep. And pe- people in general, because uh, when they moved to other parts of the world, they saw other religions as competition. Right. So they fell, they fell into their trap. But if these people claim to have miracles, we need to make even bigger claims. Right. Yeah, and that's what they do. Uh, there's going to be a day when millions of millions of Sikhs are going to just suddenly going to ascend down from heaven and whatnot. And I said, okay, and what are the preconditions for it? And they can give you a three-hour lecture and say, are you with me? <laughs> no, I'm not. And the third thing I believe, and this is the most fundamental, is that people really are so desperate to get out of Punjab, get out of India, in fact, that they will, you know, just to get to the West, they will do anything which is possible. And these people are using that as a lure to get them away from their uh, religion, their heritage, their culture. Because um, I have a friend down here who's actually a Punjabi Hindu. He has a lot of respect for Sikhs. And um, this is a family actively considering becoming Sikh themselves. And he was telling me that most people convert to Christianity because at the end of the day, they offer some sort of a financial assistance to their members. And this is not found among the uh, from the subcontinent, right? And what we need to do is remember that if we can get our finances sorted out and start helping our own, these conversions will start depleting straight away. Because, I mean, what I'm seeing is that See, especially among the Ravi Bhatia, they convert to Christianity nowadays, right? Some of them do, yeah. Right. So I see them here with all the Christian paraphernalia, but funnily enough, they go to the Gurdwara rather than the church on Sunday. Hmm. Interesting. Right. So I think I mean, to tackle the situation, we need to go out and tell people what the reality is. And today we have science, we have technology, we have all the elements destroying the Abrahamic religions. We have a massively helpful tool, which is called evolution, to destroy these clowns straight away. Okay, question for you. Right. Do you really want opportunistic people in your camp? No, I don't. I don't. So if they're gone, they're gone? How does it relate to our demographics in Punjab? Our demographics in Punjab are going to be in a steep decline for the one, okay, because of one main reason. There's a second reason as well. The main reason is people simply want to move out. That's reason number one. Is number two, those who are already here have no interest in having more than one or two kids. Bro, you know what come, come to you, come to the place where I live. Yeah? Yep. yep. Come to you, come to the place where I live. Bro, you can't even drive. There are so many kids on the road. Go to Punjab. Forget about children. You wouldn't find a single young man. 
See, what I find really interesting, like Professor Jagmohan Singh Gill told us, you have all these Biharis wanting to become Sikhs and they want to live in the Punjab. Well, why not start converting them? They want to convert. Why not start helping them? Well, then that would require effort other than praying. And I believe someone has to make that effort at the end of the day because, I mean, See, those people are usually harassed by Christians and Muslim missionaries when they want to become Sikhs, but they still don't give in. They still become Sikhs, right? So, And you would have noticed this in Bihar, I believe. There is a growing population of Sikhs in Bihar, isn't there now? There is, and there is also a native population of Biharis who were Sikhs since the time of Guru Tegh Bahadur. Right, and you can see now that this population is growing quite you know, exponentially, it's actually uh, expected to start taking over other local minorities in a few years' time. If we play our card right, we can still effectively increase our population. Give me a reason why why, why I should choose to help these people instead of kids in Syria or in Africa. Because really, those kids in Syria and Africa are taught from the onset that no matter what we do, we are going to go to hell. These kids, the Biharis, are taught to respect Sikhs. Or maybe I should look after my own people to begin with. Yeah, I mean, you're only rock. Yeah. Baba Nanak was farming at the ripe old, at his, near the end of his life. Yeah, he spent like eight or nine years farming. Correct me if I'm wrong. So if such a rich person, Baba Nanak was a very rich person, you know, he owned so much land. Mm. If such a rich person is working at that age, what's wrong with you? Figure, no, out, your right. own li- figure out your own life. This is, this is what I find so interesting about uh, Sikhi. I don't want you to become dependent on me. I want you to stand shoulder to shoulder with me. Yep, that's right. I don't, I don't see you as a victim. Hmm. But then again, my deal isn't soft either, so. <laughs> that's right. That's definitely right. And I think one thing we need to remember down here regarding death, especially when... See, the deaf question is very important. That will shut them up straight away. Second thing is don't give in to their pressure. Don't give up for what you believe. And see, for example, what happened yesterday was the question was uh, raised that there is a Muslim preacher taking Sikhs, and he's saying that the Guru Granth Sahib has nothing written on pedophilia on the minimum marriage age, right? Mm-hmm. There are, however, Shabbats in the Guru Granth Sahib which actually point out to what the minimum marriage age should be. And that's why all the older head numbers say 16 to 17 is the minimum marriage age for both parties. But funnily enough, nor is there any minimum age specified in the Quran other than this vague you know, concept which makes it even worse that if a young child, a young girl has her first wet dream, She's ready for intercourse even without her first menstruation. Oh, man. Right? Now, if our Sikhs knew this, they could answer that preacher effectively. Because they don't, they fall into the trap. 
Sikhi is not about bhaichara and langar and virtue signaling. It's also about defending your beliefs. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? So this is what Gurbani says. Ek duje ek dabye ek na kote khai. Ek paani vichye ustahe ek pei fir asin paai. Nanak e na japye kithe jai samai. Some cremate, some bury, and others feed their dead to beasts. Right? Sky burials. Others yeah, cast yeah. off their dead into water while some others even put theirs at the bottom of wells. Nanak, none truly know, or they, you know, what this actually means is Nanak, they cannot prove where the dead go after dying. They can't. Right? So when these people come to us with all these big tales, all you need to ask them, see, they're telling you about the one who was telling me that, you know, quite a lot of people become Christians for reason. Actually, has a, this is what he learned at the Gurdwara, right? And this is what he uses on them all the time. If you guys are telling the truth, why aren't you guys rising from the dead to show to us? Well, valid question. What's the answer? Right. And this is what I tell Christians when they do come to me. Well, I have a reputation, so they don't come to me. But this is, what, this is what I do tell them, is that if I die and your God is real, he's going to put me in hell. I want to be in hell. I'll love it when your God tortures me, because I know that every time he tortures me, he will have this inferiority complex that despite being the master of the universe, I still couldn't convince the puny human of my existence and my truth. And why would such a benevolent, all-powerful God care about your opinion? <laughs> well, if he didn't, why would he actually throw me into hell? <laughs> there goes your answer. There goes your answer. So you can find these logical contradictions. And these logical contradictions is what set off the Western atheist movement. Of course, they went down the wrong way. But, you know, if we use the same logic, we have a lot of points to defend Sikhi. And spread Sikhi. We need to start converting people to Sikhi. Can't emphasize this enough. We need to go out, propagate our faith, and convert others to Sikhi. We come out of these mental diseases. Okay, uh, I'll tell you something really, really funny. Yep. You know, in America, there's a community called the Amish people, yeah? Well, they're in other countries as well, but primarily in America, yeah? Yep. And... Uh, Amish restaurants are quite famous. Okay. Because of, of they're all milk products and they don't use much chemicals in there anyhow, yeah? Yep. Have you ever seen an Amish fan, a ceiling fan? Uh, nope, I have not had the honor of seeing such a rare object. Because some, some Amish, they avoid like modern technology, so they avoid electricity, and this fan was mechanical. Okay. We run with belts and pulleys. <laughs> so who's the poor bastard pulling it? Well, uh, I just saw, I didn't saw the whole mechanism, but uh, I saw a video and this fan was running. So somebody just pointed out, hey, look at this fan. Right. And I was thinking, and I was thinking, okay, electricity, by your, your own belief, must be created by God because it exists in real life, you know? Yep. 
So why why don't you just utilize it? Because you already have the fan. Just take one extra step. <laughs> no, can't do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, if if we can get our get over our political correctness, we can actually see how stupid some of these beliefs are, aren't they? Well, if you want to live a primitive lifestyle. I would say go for it. You could say it's healthy. There's no chemicals involved. It's organic, and that's okay. Fair, fair enough. It's all good. Even I might adopt some of your habits. Yeah. Yep. But if the, if you are a walking contradiction, I'll just laugh at you. <laughs> it's it's amazing. I mean, look at the walking contradiction. I mean, down here the walking contradiction is that hey, we don't believe in the New Testament, even though it forms such a significant corpus of our scripture. We actually, oh, we don't believe in the Old Testament. We believe in the New Testament because the uh, God is basically, you know, more kinder than the older God. It's it's just amazing though. And the thing is that people fall for it due to their lies and these like financial spot they're giving out. Without those, they would be finished. Hmm. They would be 100% finished from all over the world. And they're dying in the West. They're dying a slow death like Machiavelli uh, predicted. But death is not slow, man. It's rapid. It is rapid. But the reason that, like, see, look, in Africa, atheism is growing by miles and leaps because these people went down there and destroyed the last faith they had on religion. The same is going to happen in Punjab. But then we will be trading one enemy for another. Are you telling me I shouldn't donate my land to build a mosque? I'm telling you you shouldn't be doing any of that. Then you are a racist person. You must be destroyed. You must be sent into, into the gulag and you must be <laughs> tortured using Sintasindaran speeches. Well, that's a medal we have to wear proudly, pretty much. Any last thoughts on this? Uh, I would simply say, I'm a human being. I exist. Not a sinner. Mm -hmm. I'm not a bad man. Although do, I do have some questionable, questionable habits. I eat pineapple pizza. <laughs> yep. But if you're telling me that I was born out of a sin... Expect to be punched in the face repeatedly. Mm, mm -hmm. Exactly. What if, like, see, when they go to the court, they're arguing that you know you can't punish a ch punish a child for their father's sins. So then, why is your God punishing us for Adam's alleged sins? Yeah, you created Adam. That's your responsibility. Right. So then, how can they claim that Christianity, you know? Uh, inspired the Western legal reforms. Well, if, if an app on your phone crashes, do you blame yourself or the app creator who created, who couldn't code properly? Uh, basically, the app created his parents for giving birth to him. Or maybe you will blame Charles Babaji for creating the computer in the first place. Can I blame the uh, primary bundle from which the app creator's lineage started from? <laughs> well, you can go as far as possible. And that's why, you know, the Amish do have electric cars. <laughs> Hypocrites. No, they use kite string and a metal key to charge them. <laughs> During thunderstorms.
<laughs> a single charge is enough. A single lightning bolt, and you're done for 20 years, mate. There's so much charge in there. I mean, all, all this hypocrisy can be answered. Siki has given us the tools to answer it, but we need to propagate these tools far and wide. Because really, at the end of the day, are you really going to allow your people to fall into this rabbit hole of mental disease? Bro, people will willingly jump into the rabbit hole because it will give them something to do. They want to explore new things and will keep them busy. Well, this is where we step in and keep them really busy. If if you dig, let's say, a well on the side of a side of a highway and put a sign, please keep out. Mm. Come back after a week and there'll be some people sitting in the bottom of the well. Oh yeah, Punjab, Punjabis have this habit anyway. Punjabis have this habit. And that's what I'm saying. Like this is what I told them at the Gurdwara last time that if Punjab is being emptied out of Punjabis, then it's something we have to accept. But as long as the people who are coming in are becoming Sikhs and are practicing Sikhi themselves, all good. If Bihari Sikhs take their then at least Sikhi is safe. What if the the center of Sikhi shifts to, let's say, Madhya Pradesh? Well, the thing is, what can we do about that as long as Sikhi is safe? And if some ethnicities, some nationalities are going to go out the window, well, that's just a circle of life. That's just the cycle of history. True. Italians have got nothing to do with Christianity, but the Roman Catholic Church sits in Rome today. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I mean, most Italians aren't even religious themselves, and that's something we have to realize that at the end of the day, if Sikhi shifts all over the world, Punjab is our holy land, Punjab is our uh, historical land, Darbar Sahib is our central, you know, locus. But if there are less Punjabi Sikhs and more Bihari Sikhs, Eastern Sikhs, Gora Sikhs, well, it's still a victory for Sikhi. <laughs> Can you imagine Mexican Sikhs building massive gurdwats all over the world? <laughs> well, it will probably come to that because we have to start going into survival mode soon enough. And if that actually entails that, you know, we start increasing the Sikh population among traditional populations who are not non-Sikhs, well, we have to do something like that at the end of the day. Because, you know, what I'm saying is that Punjabis have a massive disconnect with Sikhi. Of course, there are many serious circumstances there. But then you look at the Biharis, look, Christian missionaries, right? they're active in Madhya Pradesh, they're active in South India, they're active in Assam, they're active in Calcutta. They have no success down there at all. Bro, in the remote mountains of uh, Himachal Pradesh, even with the, with the tribals, they are there. You, you, you will have to walk 20 kilometers uphill to reach that village, and they are there. You know, the thing is, they're not having any success. That's the thing. Why aren't they having any successes down there? Why is it that only in Punjab suddenly there to be this influx of people falling for their fake miracles? Well, no. Uh, okay. Those are different. Right. So the traditional Christians who have lived in Punjab since the English time, the British times, they don't support those people who are using this faith healing stuff. Right. So they're not the same. There are people who are way too educated. They've got elite jobs. They convert to Christianity because they, 
they feel that the society that we have in India, India is deeply corrupt and immoral right. and kind of uncivilized because of all the things that are going on. Yep. So they feel that the achievements of the West are Christianity's achievement, and they, they feel then they feel natural affinity towards it. And let me tell you, there's no shortage of people who are those ultra-rich people, the elite, who have converted to Christianity. They don't advertise it. They keep it, keep it private, but they are Christian. And this conversion is coming out of, what do we say, uh, ignorance of the fact that Christianity has done nothing for the West? No, because they simply are not interested. They, they, they want a new identity that, that gives them a sense of purpose. That's point number one. The point number two is that you see these people creating ruckus, doing stupid things. We're not one of them. We're different. What do you say? It's a desperation to be part of a new country, which is leading them to do that. And, uh, okay, I'll give you another parallel. Punjabi right. families, Punjabi families who, who have been Punjabi for the past thousand years, they are deliberately yep. on purpose not teaching Punjabi to their kids because whatever, in whatever way, shape or form Punjabi culture exists today, they want nothing to do with it. They will say, if, mm. if, I, if I teach Punjabi to my own kid, mm. then there is a chance that he will end up listening to that, that kind of music where there's guns, there's fighting, there's drugs, and there's gangs, stuff and all. They say, we don't want nothing to do with it. So we don't teach them Punjabi. Right. So I've, I've, the, I've seen this. I've, I've, I've observed this. So the cure for this might be in the fact that we have to alter perceptions of who we actually are. Brother, there's a young couple. Do you really want your kids to, to be dancing on, uh, I got two guns and I got three illegals and I got five girlfriends? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I eat uh, a film in the morning and I do drugs in the evening? Do mm. you really want to? No. Yeah. So even though they are full Punjabi, you can't change your blood. But there's not even a single ounce of Punjabi culture in their lives. So what do you think is the best solution we have to start changing the perception of ourselves? It's, it's actually going to be a long-term process. And that's why I asked you a question that what if the, the center of Sikhi shifts to some other geographic location? Because the, what we are undergoing today will affect affect us negatively anyhow. Mm -hmm. You might work your entire life. You might present a very good image of a Sikh. And one guy from Punjab moves in and he didn't just know, he's just staring at women and playing loud music and being drunk and your entire work's gone. I've seen this, this thing happening. Mm -hmm. So basically, so rather, we need to change so rather our than, perceptions of ourselves. Rather than assuming that they are the exception, people are going to observe that you are the exception. That these people by default are bad, but there are some good ones. So basically, if, uh, if we were to get to a conclusion now, is that 
Sikhs in Punjab have received intergenerational Sikhi for free and they don't appreciate it as much as converts would and we need to convert people to Sikhi to increase its value. Have you seen those videos of those teenagers who say, my mom bought me a wrong colored iPhone? Hmm. Same thing. You never worked for Sikhi, so you take it for granted. Mm-hmm. So we have to get people who appreciate the faith into the faith rather than people who are born into the faith. Yeah, and that's why I asked you, do you really want opportunistic people in your, in your camp? You don't. Loyalty oh, can no, never, be tra- never be traded. There's a reason the word mercenary exists. They are fighting for you. They mm-hmm. will die for you. But the motive is monetary gain or loot. They're not loyal to whatever cause you're fighting for. Mm-hmm. Currently in Ukraine, there's no shortage of mercenaries on both sides, more so on the, on the Ukrainian side. Do you think they are there to fight for freedom? No, they just they just want to murder the bad guy, Russians. They have been bad bad guys since the nineteen forties, in your media, in your movies, in in your literature, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So the perception has been built, and people are acting on that perception. So if we built where we are such people who don't care, who have no loyalties, who just solely exist to serve others, no matter how reprehensible your beliefs are, where is they going to lead us? Yeah, I understand what you mean. I definitely understand what you mean. So we need to start changing this perception the world has of us. You need to build a new one. You you can't change the old one. You need to build a new one. Mm. Yep, we need to start changing everything. Everything about us, we need to get back to basics. It's not complex. It doesn't defy common sense. It doesn't defy rationality. At the very same time, it's a different understanding. It's, it's a different mm-hmm. way of living. You can't say, okay, earlier earlier I was just praying to pictures and statues. Now I'm praying to Guru Granth Sahib. It's, it's the same thing. Mm. You, you need to act what, on, on what Gurbani says. You don't need to just blindly worship it. That's what majority of people are doing today. Right, and you can supply if, that with the Bible and they'll start worshipping that, but nothing's changed. Yeah, if somebody asks you how many parts you do in a day, what would you answer? Seven, five for Netanem, one for Eras, and one Kirtanswela. And somebody say, I do a Konja part every day, what would you tell them? 51. Right. So somehow, this thing came into our, our beliefs that uh, if you just keep repeating the same thing over and over, somehow it's going to get to some magical powers. And that's exactly what they're doing to us, aren't they? That's exactly what they're selling to us. Well, that's the easy thing. You just need to sit in one place and just keep repeating the same word. Easy. There's no sacrifice. There's there's no danger from anybody. You, you Nobody will oppose you. Do you really think those those Mughals were trying to kill us because we were organizing langars and doing bhakti? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, if that was so, they would have given us given us estates. They would have given us land. Hey, grow some wheat in there and you know, make your langar bigger. Mm. 
So really, we have to start getting back to the basics and changing the world's perception of ourselves and our own perception of ourselves and start getting people to become Sikhs. Yeah, and also you need to remember one very, very basic thing. I think uh, stoicism, stoicism has a little bit of part to play here. Yep. That it's, it's irrelevant whether whatever you cost you are working for, whatever the co- that cost may be, sees success during your lifetime or after your lifetime. You just need to do your part. Right. You, know, you, you see a lot of people, especially in Punjab today, that, well, something is going to happen really soon and we are going to get justice. They say, well, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, they believe that I'm so special that everything has to happen right in front of me. The same way some Americans believe that Jesus is coming back in their lifetime. You know, you're not that special. It's been 2,000 years. 50 more years won't matter. Right. You're definitely right down there. But I think these are steps we need to start taking from today because they are long steps. Oh, really long steps. I'm not even talking about decades, maybe even more. Mm. And if we take the example of Pai Guru Singh, right in in front of him was Sikhi declining rapidly. Did they give up? Right. We have the stories of Pai that Singh, the contributions they have made. They saved us, no doubt about right. it. They did their job. The English were still ruling us when they when they were born. They were ruling when they died. They did their job. They did the part. Good enough. Mm. You can read what the conversations they had. Everything is available. Mm. But the thing is that to get that information out, we need to find people like yourselves who are actually interested in that information. You just, out of hundreds, you just need, let's say, 10 people. That's it. If 10 people understand what Sikhi is, then their effect is going to be massive. Maybe even fewer than 10. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully we have changed quite a lot of people's minds today, a lot of hearts. We have empowered people to stand up to all these fake faiths and their mental disease beliefs. And more than that, we have inspired people to go out and start introducing Sikhi to others and get them into Sikhi to increase the Panth and the word of Guru Nanak. Yep. Right. And we will be doing more episodes in the future because people were wondering why we had stopped. We had stopped because, well, basically, we did have our own issues. We had technical issues. We had technical difficulties. And we will be updating our Substack very soon. So we will be coming back swinging again. But the no, thing bro, is, the... at the end of the day, we need <clears throat> our listeners to go out there and start getting empowered to empower others and increase the bond. This is going to be a team effort rather than a one man does something. 
bro, the the agency and were holding back back our funds. That's why we couldn't do an episode. <laughs> the agency were holding back their funds. Thank you for listening to us. Why Guruji ka khalsa? Why Guruji ka khalsa? Why Guruji ki fatah?